if you were sitting there and thinking, you know, I'm not sure I want to really listen to Canty and Carlin sing a duet. Put yourself in the shoes of Matt Jones and Harry Douglas filling in. That's the third time we've heard it. And we're going to hear it one more time. Harry likes it, though. I do. I don't you know. I love music. I love jamming, man. You know, I love I love moving my body. Yeah, but and I mean, there's a difference between the music, music and, and dogs howling. And there was a little bit of that going on. This is presented Somebody by Progressive Insurance. Okay, now please, no more. I can't. You this has been singing so much, I'm, I'm, I'm out. 888-SAY-ESPN. We were talking about athletes that were as good at their sport as Serena at hers. But before we do that, we've got Rich Simonese, ESPN's Jets reporter, and he is on the phone. And we got to talk about the news of the day. Makai Becton, the offensive lineman, is out with a injury, a kneecap fracture for the year. I, I want to just – I got two parts, Rich. First of all, what does that do to the Jets' offensive line – for the year, but then also, what does it do to Becton for his career in terms of actually long term? Since this is the second year in a row with a major injury. Yeah, those are two uh, very valid questions in the aftermath of this news. And for the offensive line right now, I mean, technically, their starting right tackle is Chuma Adoga. He was a third round pick in 2019. He's he's never really fulfilled his potential. That was a previous coaching staff that drafted him and uh, previous general manager as well. And he's been more or less a career backup. I, I don't think he'll be their opening day starter. I, I do think they're going to go out and get someone for that spot. So it, this is a setback for the offensive line. I don't think it's a death blow. We've seen – I don't think they're going to be a great offensive line this year, but we've seen average offensive lines do well. Look no further than Cincinnati last year. They got all the way to the Super Bowl with a mediocre offensive line. So I, I don't think it's an absolute season killer for the Jets. And as for Makai's future, he's got one more year on his rookie contract next year. He's got a guaranteed $3 million next year, so he knows he's got that. Uh, obviously, the Jets are not going to pick up his fifth-year option for the following year because, like you said, Matt, I mean, it'll be two straight years that he's been out. So it's a really tough blow for Makai's long-term future. I mean, now he's had – he will have had surgery twice on the same knee, and that's tough. I mean, he's got a weight issue, and when you got a weight issue and a knee issue and you're an offensive lineman, it's not a good combination. Rich, i got to ask you, do you expect the Jets to reach a deal with Dwayne Brown since they had him in town for a visit this weekend? Well, they're in talks. I know that. You know, I think the Jets like him. I, there's definitely mutual interest, but I think Dwayne Brown is – getting some interest from other teams as well. Uh, so the Jets obviously have a, a bigger need, but uh, how much are they willing to pay for a guy who's going to be 37 in a couple of weeks? And uh, now he is – look, Dwayne Brown is Dwayne Brown. I mean, he doesn't need me to pump him up. He's been around in the league for a long time. He's made five Pro Bowls. He started every game last year for Seattle. Uh, maybe some concern about the uh, his knees a little bit. But he's been a durable player over his career. Uh, the question is, does Wayne Brown want to come play for the Jets, a team that's probably not going to make the playoffs, or does he want to go somewhere where he, where he has a chance to get a ring? Makes sense. Now, after the injury, you actually tweeted that the offensive line was a mess today. How much of that is due to the injury of Makai Becton? Yeah, well um, – it was a mess today. <laughs> I mean, Harry, I mean, they, they gave up eight sacks. Uh, I think it was eight sacks and 22 dropbacks. You know, a couple of those were on Zach Wilson for holding the ball too long. But 
obviously there were some miscommunications up front, and they they didn't know how to handle different rushes that this defense was presenting. Now, was would it have been different if Becton was in there? Uh, possibly a little bit, but I, I think this these, this wasn't just a leak at right tackle. This was this was an everywhere leak. So it was a jailbreak today, basically. So the Lions actually been doing a decent job in camp. So I think they're going to try to write this off as a one-off, although I think some Jet fans are probably a little bit panicked right now. Rich Samini joins us, the Jets reporter. We appreciate all the information and uh, hope you continue to enjoy camp. All righty, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. There you go. So uh, you rolled your eyes when he said it was like the Bengals. You don't like people saying, "Of course it's I like did." The Bengals don't. No, why, why, because because things like that doesn't just happen in football. Like but, what I mean, Joe happened, Burrow was able to do last year. Yeah, I understand. But Zach Wilson's not no damn Joe Burrow either. Nor does he have the toys that Joe Burrow has. See, that's that's a big difference. Joe Burrow, when he was at LSU, had one of the most remarkable offensive seasons that we've seen in college football. Zach Wilson at BYU didn't have that. Right, and you, you, he comes into the lead in year two after coming off an ACL injury and leads a team, the Cincinnati Bengals, who, who hasn't sniffed the success that they sniffed this year in quite some time, Matt Jones, and he led them to the Super Bowl. Now, do you think Zach Wilson is going to lead the New York Jets to the Super Bowl this year? So that's why I, don't, I have an issue I tell with you, that I, I think I think Zach Wilson this offseason's proven to me he has talents I didn't know he had. Listen. And so <laughs> and so I don't I'm not going hey, Listen, I'm not going to say That's a bad that he, boy right there. That's a I'm bad not going to say that he can't do anything. I want to see him do it. I mean, I just thought he was just a naive young man from Utah and now I've learned more about him. So I I'm not going to say anything like that. Kenny and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Matt is in Lexington, Kentucky. Before you tell me the athlete that is as dominant as Serena, just make sure Harry knows what's going to happen when the Kentucky Wildcats play the Louisville Cardinals here at the end of the year. Hey, guys, how's it going? Going good. Do you not, uh, are you not, not, not going to not... join me in talking trash to Harry, or are you just going to talk about your, your point? Oh, no, I'm throwing L's down in my car right now. Thank you very Matt, much. Matt, L's down Matt, can here. I, before, before you get to your, your, your person, your people, can, can I tell you one thing real quick? Please do. When, yes, when you get home and go to your toilet, right, and just stick your head in it. That's how I feel about Kentucky. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I'll I would too. Just jump over the, me like the, you did your defenders last year, that's right. and then we'll talk. For the last three years, I'll just remind you, the combined score of the Kentucky-Louisville yeah, football game has been 144-43. to 43. They've only <laughs> beaten Louisville by a combined 101 points, two of those three games in Louisville Stadium. Now, with that said, who is the athlete, Matt, that is as good at their sport as Serena was at hers? Um, well, I have two, and I'll do them real quick. Um, Pele at soccer, um, I think hands down, one of the best ones. And then Sean White in snowboarding, because um, he kind of put snowboarding on the map um, <laughs> and made it Harry. kind of a popular sport. Harry, why are you so – you're anti-surfing, you're anti-snowboarding. <laughs> Do you just not like bros? <laughs> like, you just not like – like, that? you just don't like guys with long hair, hippies, you just against it? <laughs> no, actually, I love those guys. <laughs> it doesn't I sound like it. Them. You rolled your eyes at Sean White. Sean White – is the most dominant, the flying tomato is the most dominant dude at that, whatever it is, of anyone. Why can't he be on the list? Uh, how many people that listen to the show even going to know who Sean White is? I bet nothing you more, get, pe- I bet you more people know to. Sean White than you think. 
more so than Wayne Gretzky, more so than Tiger Woods, more I so would than bet, Serena Williams. I bet you if you held up a picture of Sean White and Wayne Gretzky on the and streets it's no of America, because I got to say that no more people would know who Sean White is than know who Wayne Gretzky is. I would. Right, I okay. bet. You. What about Tiger Woods? Especially if Wayne Gretzky had that painted on hair he had the first night he did TNT hockey. You know what I'm talking Please about? Where he bought it. the spare me. But I'm just. I, I I would bet you though, Harry. More people know Sean White than know Wayne Gretzky in America. I bet you. Spare me. I'm just saying. I think <laughs> I'm right. Spare me, Matt Jones. It is Candy and Carl, and you can still weigh in, 888-SAY-ESPN. Who do you think's bigger, Sean White or Wayne Gretzky? <laughs> there is a stalemate in Brooklyn. He and I are on different sides of this. Harry is very much pro-Durant. I'm not sure. We'll do it next here on Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. <laughs> Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Nets owner Joe Sy said they're not going to be making any breaking moves with Sean Marks or Steve Nash to appease Kevin Durant. They're not going to get rid of him just because Kevin Durant allegedly made an ultimatum. It's either them or me. You got to be careful, Harry. When you make an ultimatum, it's either them or me. You better think they're going to pick you. Because if you don't, then you're just kind of standing there. Because either then you're going to not play or you're going to look weak. I don't know. I think he probably thought, Durant probably thought that they would say, all right, well, it's you, Kevin. But I don't know if that's going to happen in this case, Harry. It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, the funny thing about this, my, I had a coach that always tell me, son, don't think. If you're going there like that, you better know. And I don't think Kevin Durant knew. Joe Sy said he's going to side with his head coach and his general manager, and he's going to move forward from there. Now, uh, you didn't like, Harry, when I said earlier that I blame the Nets' troubles in large part on Durant. And the reason being, let me just say, I'm not saying that 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 Kevin Durant did not show up and play well. He did. He was great as always. He did falter a little bit down the stretch in some of those games against the Celtics, but he's so good, I'm not going to crush him for that. But I do think the situation in Brooklyn, which has become, at least according to him, untenable, with Kyrie and the whole vaccine and will he play and does he think the earth is round and does he believe that he's being attacked by clouds and then and then James Harden not working and you end up with Ben Simmons and all this. I do think that's his fault. He organized this team. He knew he was placing his faith in these guys that were untrustworthy and now he wants to split and I think that's irresponsible for him, Harry, because he is the reason this team exists. 
But can I ask you this though? Did he know? Did he know one hundred percent that a Kyrie Irving wasn't going to get the vaccine and wasn't going to be able to play? No, but he, he knew. He, wait a minute, he finish, knew drama was coming. Me, he did not. Though. I mean, he could no. He did not predict COVID. Did, but he did, knew. He know? This, did he, he? Did he know that James Harden was going to get upset and ask for a trade? He, no, he should have. But I, he listen, didn't know that. There's a, there's something in the law. I'm a former lawyer. There's something in the law called new. <laughs> or should have known. And he is definitely a should have known. No, he did not predict we would have a once-in-a-generation pandemic and one of the players he brought in wouldn't take the vaccine. But he did know, Harry, that he was pe- – you know you've got friends that you're like, eh, he's a little weird, right? Like you, he knew <laughs> that it was very possible that Kyrie could go off the deep end. Am I wrong about that? You, everybody's got a friend that they're like, all right, I think that's why I'm laughing so hard. because Exactly, because yeah, you know who it is. <laughs> and the same thing is true about Harden. He knew that he ends up blowing up every situation he's in, so he was going to blow up this situation. He picked, Harry, if I were to say to you, amongst the stars, I mean the yep. stars in the NBA, give me the two most unreliable guys. It's Kyrie Irving and James Harden. It is. And he picked those guys. So it's yeah, on him. De- I would definitely put Ky- uh, Kyrie Irving in, in – in- James Harden, it depends on what we're talking about. We're talking about postseason, because if we're talking about postseason, yes, he's going to be thrown I'm just talking about not – like, he'll show up one day and he's 40 pounds heavier than he was the day before. Like, there's just a sense in which you can't rely on him to be consistent. Now, he does you, bring it when he plays. He does. But you can't say that about James Harden majority of his career. I think we've, we've just seen that within the last two or three years. It right, certainly think, was like that so. in Houston, though. I mean, it certainly was like that towards the end His of Houston. His last year. His last year. When they traded for him, he yeah. had just gotten through doing oh, that. Oh, of course. Yes, because, he. I mean, that's part of, the, it's part of his plan. He wanted to get out of there. So but if like, you, you know take what? Kyrie Irving, and you, you, when you take Kyrie Irving, you don't just mm-hmm. get the player because the player's no. unbelievable. Everything comes with you it. You get the experience. Everything you get the Kyrie it. Irving Grateful Dead tour where all of a sudden he's going to come in one day and go, you know what? I've decided oxygen doesn't exist. And you just have to look at him and go, what are you talking about? Like, that's just what you have to do with him. And Durant knew it. He knew well, it. I, I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what I do fault Kevin Durant for. I fault Kevin Durant for – not putting his foot down, and I don't 100% know this, but I can easily tell by the things that have transpired that I, I don't think they have done this. I don't think they've sat down and had a serious conversation, and Kevin Durant has told him, hey, listen, this is A, B, C, D. This is what I need from you. Point A, point A, point B, point C, point D. I don't think he's done that. I don't no, think he's been a great he enables job of calling he enables out guys Kyrie. when he needs to. He enables Kyrie, and he's done because he likes him as a friend does, but sometimes you got to look. Again. Harry, we all have a friend that sometimes you just got to look at and go, you got to change, dude. It's time for you to not be the way you are. And he's just not willing to do that. And now he wants to run and leave Brooklyn with Kyrie, and he goes and runs off somewhere else. 888-SAY-ESPN, we're asking you, who is as good at their sport as Serena is at tennis? We've had some people say answers that made Harry upset because he doesn't believe in surfing or any other sport that doesn't involve a ball. Jason is in Flagstaff. Is that Arizona or Alaska? It's Arizona. All right, beautiful. Have you ever been to Flagstaff, Harry? It's beautiful there. I'm serious. I haven't. It's a, go to uh, from Flagstaff to Sedona. That road uh-huh. is one of the prettiest roads in the United States. But go ahead, Jason. Yeah. 
well, I, I know you mentioned the name before, but um, I don't think it's been mentioned in the same context. But Wayne Gretzky, head and shoulders, is way above anybody else who's ever played hockey. And I'm not a big hockey fan. But you don't I mean, think there's any? Right. You don't think there's any argument for Mario Lemieux or Bobby Hull or Bobby Orr or Eric Lindros or any of those guys? Mario Lemieux would probably be the closest to him because he's the only one who's really come up close to his level. But uh, nobody's done what he's done with a hockey stick, with a hockey puck, and handling, and handling you know, assets. All right, there you go. All right, so Flagstaff weighs in and says Gretzky. Harry, what do you well, think? I mean, do you, do you, yeah, you, you put Gretzky there? Yeah, but um, I, I think it's close. I don't, I don't think you can put him over Serena. But uh, he has a, he has a good argument. I actually love hockey, and I took a uh, picture. The Boston Bruins is my favorite hockey team, so I had an opportunity to take a picture. In front what of what makes you like? I'm interested. What makes you like the Boston Bruins? What, what is it that makes you like Boston Bruins? Well, my first hockey game is was a Boston Bruins game, and they the biggest rivalry in hockey, them versus Montreal, the Canadians. They were down three one in the third period, and they came back and won the game. I drunk at every bar, uh, probably in Boston that night. I actually bought a Bergeron jersey, and that's been my team. And then when I was in when I was in Nashville, I, I went to a lot of Predators games. Right, so how many teams do you have? So now you've got Boston, I, you got said, Nashville. Well, if you listen, Matt, but see, University of Kentucky, I Wildcats, I don't like to listen. Uh, <laughs> Puss in Boots doesn't like to listen. <laughs> it, I was in Nashville, and I yes. went to the Stanley Cup Finals because the Predators were uh, playing in it. All right, I didn't say they were my team. I said the Bruins are my team. Well, my team is the Carolina Hurricanes, and Ooh. they are a wonderful franchise. Let's do yes, Drew in Texas really quickly. Drew, what's the who's the athlete? Uh, I'm doing – well, I got two. It's uh, Hussein Bolt. I mean, he makes everything look just way too easy. Yeah. And Khabib Nurmagomedov. Let's do Hussein Bolt. I appreciate the call. Hussein yeah. Bolt, that's pretty good. I mean, in yeah. track, one thing we have, we have a definitive way to decide who's the best because there's a, there's a clock. And he is <laughs> yes. the best of all time, and he did it. He crushed people. Hussein Bolt's a pretty good call to me. But he made it look so easy. It's yes. not that he just did it. He did it with ease, and uh, it didn't even look like he was putting forth effort, but we all knew he was putting forth the effort. But I, I like the Us- Usain Bolt pick. Yeah, pretty good. Still not Serena. No, but uh, we'll put we'll no. we'll put him there. Eight 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 say ESPN. Kenny and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. A two time Pro Bowl quarterback tells us the best spot for Jimmy G, and is Trey Lance actually the guy who can take the Forty ers to the heights they did with the previous quarterback? That's after Harry has this from Fanduel. Start the second half of the baseball season the right way and turn K's into cash and big hits into big wins with FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just sign up using promo code PLAY. Place your first bet, and FanDuel will give you up to $1,000 back to match bets if you don't win. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using promo code PLAY to get started with the no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. 
21 plus and present in Arizona, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, West Virginia, or Wyoming. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as is non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Illinois. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342-1-888-797-777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-877-70-STOP in Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467 369 in New York, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. It is Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio. I'm Matt Jones. He is John Calipari's number one fan, Harry Douglas, and we are here. Uh, see, Harry's not even paying attention because he would have gotten mad at me for saying that, but he's over there writing love notes and he's not listening. So I will bring on our <laughs> guest, Matt Schaub. He's a two-time Pro Bowl winning quarterback and a former Virginia Cavalier. And Matt's great to have you. So I'll start. I like to ask about quarterbacks. I feel like I've been the one person yelling in the weeds all summer long that while I understood in theory why the 49ers had to move on from Trey Lance, I think they'll – excuse me, move on from Jimmy G to Trey Lance. I think they'll be worse this year because they did it, and I don't understand why people act like Jimmy G is just some chump who can't play. The 49ers today now have him listed as a fourth stringer on the team. Do you agree with me that the whole Jimmy G hate fest – is out of control. Well, I I don't know if it's necessarily out of control. I mean, people obviously when you draft someone as high as they did with Trey Lance, I mean, you know, you know that that clock is ticking when you're the guy under center. Now, not always is the case, but about ninety nine percent of the time that is the case. And I would say that, you know, I think Jimmy G has taken a little bit too much. Um, grief a little bit but I'm also biased to the position and what goes into it right but one thing I do know um and you know we don't know what's going on behind the scenes we don't know how Trey Lance progressed in practice throughout last season and what he learned and what he grasped but I do know Kyle Shanahan real well and I know what he brings I know how he molds and works with his talent one thing he is um really good at is putting his guys in the best position to be successful and so he knows what Trey Lance can do and where some deficiencies might be and what he does really, really good. And he's going to make sure that the majority of that playbook plays to those strengths. And I don't necessarily think that they're going to be in a bad position. I mean, they're in a tough division, yes. But, you know, one thing is that defense is pretty good and they're going to run the football. 
And so if they can keep the game close, that defense will give their offense a chance. You never know what's you you never know what can happen. Now, Matt, this is uh, a, a treat to actually have you on. And dynamic in the sense that you actually played for a guy named Gary Kubiak. And Gary Kubiak mm-hmm. was the backup quarterback uh, in Denver to Mike Shanahan in that offense. You also played for Kyle Shanahan as he was the offensive coordinator in Houston. In saying that, you see a guy like Jimmy G, right, who was in Kyle Shanahan's system. And you look at the Cleveland Browns and what they could present. And you have Kevin Stefanski there, who is basically in the Shanahan-Kubiak system running that. Do you think the best landing spot for Jimmy G is Cleveland, or do you think he should go elsewhere? Well, I, I think I'm right on, I'm right on par with you, Harry. I think uh, that is, at this point, the best place for Jimmy to go to where that learning curve is dramatically reduced as far as getting up to speed by the time the season hits. You know, albeit, you know, assuming that Deshaun Watson uh, has some sort of suspension is out for any length of time. I mean, Jimmy has proven that he can play quarterback and play very well in this league and uh, manage the game. Obviously, going there, you're going to run the football really good with that stable of running backs. You do have playmakers on the outside, and you've got a good defense and a good defensive line that can get after the opposing team. And one thing in this offense that, you know, Kevin Stefanski watching him now the past few years uh, as a play caller and the genesis of this offense is staying on schedule offensively. Don't get behind the sticks. Keep the game close. Have your pass attempt somewhere between when you're really rolling between 22 and 35 at most, you don't want to get into games where you have to throw it 45, 50 times. And I don't think you want to with Jimmy G. I think you want to manage it. You want to have ball control and utilize the, the, the play action, the bootleg game, and lean on your run game and your defense. And I think that right now is the best fit for him to go in and have an impact. Otherwise, a team would just look to be trading for someone that would probably just be a backup. And you know, the one thing that's interesting, and you brought it up early in the call, was how he's listed as fourth on the depth chart. Other teams, it'd be interesting to see if they want to pull a trigger. They just think, well, maybe they're just going to let him go. Him and we'll, yeah, and let him go, and you can just you don't have to worry about assuming that contract, and you, you know, then he's a free agent. So you know, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. It's never a dull moment when it comes to the NFL, and this time of year with rosters. Matt Schaub, uh, join us, two-time Pro Bowl quarterback. You, a guy you know very well is head, is now in Indianapolis, a team that hasn't had really consistent quarterback play since Andrew Luck. What is Matt Ryan going to bring to the Colts, at least this version of Matt Ryan in his career? Stability at that position, without a doubt. I mean, yeah, they had a, um, a year with Phillip Rivers here recently um, where – but you knew Philip was, you know, one foot out of the building and in retirement. But Matt's got a handful of good years in him. He takes really good care of himself. But one thing is stability. And you've got a guy that knows what it looks like. He knows how things should look throughout the week of preparation for not only himself but for the team and how to go about playing winning football. And he can guide a lot of that young talent in that locker room on both sides of the football, but especially at the skill positions. And with that offensive line, that running game, Jonathan Taylor, and that defense that you know is going to keep you in football games and you keep it close when you're in those tough battles against a Tennessee or other teams in the AFC, Matt Ryan will deliver. If you keep it close, 
he'll he'll put that drive together to get you that field goal at the late in the game or get that touchdown. I mean, Matt has done it for years in this league, and I I think this is probably one of the offseason moves that is least talked about, but should be. I think by the end of the season, by December, going into January, everyone's going to look at it and be like, man, that was the best move of last offseason because the Colts are going to – I think they're primed to make some noise and, and play into the playoffs this year. I agree with you on that. I think that is the least mm-hmm. talked about very good move. Matt Shop, great stuff. Well done. We appreciate your time. Hey, appreciate it, guys. Harry, uh, hopefully one of those love notes you were writing early on in the call. <laughs> Don't send one my way. <laughs> well miss you but <laughs> appreciate it thanks for coming on now we're going to continue the nfl conversation two people have made sneaky super bowl picks and we're going to tell you who they are and which one's more likely that's next here on espn radio now let's talk about the play of the week the pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team hypnotic was in the cup blue and ready for the play and Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. It is Kenny and Carlin here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Matt Jones. Roger Goodell, everybody's favorite commissioner. He just recently, just a little bit ago, had a presser, and he explained why the NFL has decided to appeal the decision about Deshaun Watson's suspension. We've seen the evidence. She was very clear about the evidence. Uh, she reinforced the evidence. Uh, that there was uh, multiple violations here, and they were egregious, and it was predatory behavior. That's, those are things that we felt, um, we always felt were really important for us to address in a way that's responsible. Harry, this is a very complicated situation. Leave aside the moral component of all this. It's actually mm-hmm. very complicated legally, and, and I've been on some of these shows talking about this in the past. But I do think what's interesting from a player standpoint the system always was that Roger Goodell got to be judge and like got to be prosecutor and judge and jury, got to be everything. They bring yep. in this outside judge. Now they're appealing it, and he picks another person to hear the appeal. It'll be interesting for me to see what happens because if they change that initial judge's decision, I think the whole collective bargaining agreement that the two parties got into is going to be altered again because I don't think this is what the players thought was going to happen for future punishments. Yeah, when the next CBA is up and and you go to negotiations, but until then I don't think it's going to – it's going to alter anything because this is what both sides decided on now. Very mind-boggling from the player's perspective. And I do understand when you have these negotiations, you have to give and take. But if they had an issue with Roger Goodell issuing these punishments beforehand, why would you let him have the final say if it was something that uh, like a judge, uh, Sue, uh, Sue L. Robinson uh, decided on in the first place? Like why would you put Roger Goodell back in that situation? Now, from their perspective, the NFL side, they're looking at it, you know what? We've been criticized on time and time again for issuing out these punishments. Let's let someone else do it, and if we feel like we need to come in and <laughs> if we don't like the result, up, we'll change. Yeah, it. <laughs> let's look like the good guy, so we can switch anything that they decide going on. But here, here's something that Sue L. Robinson actually did, though. 
she basically went back and said, you know what? I'm going to give Deshaun Watson six games because of the, the, the lack of punishment that was shown previously yes. by Roger Goodell in the CBA. Yeah, but no, she basically – she was not saying that's what he deserved. She was saying, no, but if if you're going to – this is what you've done in the past, and if you're going to change it, you need to announce it going forward. That's what she said, and I felt like the initial conversation about it got wrong, what she said, because she was not saying this is what Deshaun Watson deserves, but she's saying under the NFL rules, this is what he gets. It is Canty and Carlin here. I'm Matt Jones. He's Harry Douglas. He – Played for the Louisville Cardinals. I root for the Kentucky Wildcats. And just as in the actual games on the floor and on the field, I've been crushing him in all the arguments, just like the Cats have for the car over the cards for the last few years. Are, is your football team ever going to get good again, Harry? Like I, you, They were good when you played. Like, is it ever going to happen again, or are Hell they just no. done? My mom taught me that everything doesn't need a reply. Um, <laughs> next well, Next did, subject, there's Matt. no reply you can have because it's 103 to 44 the last I mean, three we years. can go back to the days when I played against Kentucky. Yeah, you lost your last game to Stevie Johnson. Yeah, I the think last I game. It. Won the other four because yeah, I read it. game, though. I think so you remember four, it. So four and one while I was in college. I, I, just so you know, when you lost that game in 07, I rushed mm-hmm. the field. In case, does you that did. make you feel good that I rushed the field? Can, can I say something about that game really quick, though? They if had a want, corner, yes. Javard Lindley, who decided that he wanted to match me the entire game. I hit his ass for 223 yards and a touchdown. Made his draft grade go down and everything. He was supposed to go second round. I don't remember if he even got drafted. He got picked in like the fifth or sixth round. But you know what he did get that you didn't? He won the game. He won the game. Now, this uh, over the course of uh, (laughs) the show, Get Up, this uh, this is a new segment we're trying called Get Up and Get Down. Kentucky, they get up. Louisville, they get down. So we have two folks today who are on Get Up, who pick sneaky Super Bowl contenders. I'm going to give you the two sneaky Super Bowl contenders as soon as Harry's done crying about the losing, and you're going <laughs> to tell me if you think either of these is an actual possibility. Let's start with Ryan Clark. He says it's the Ravens. They're getting so much hate. It's like people are forgetting they were the most injured team in football last year. And at and at Lamar Jackson's injury, he had them leading the AFC North. I expect him to come back and play extremely well. You get your running back back, and we know how great a coach John Harbaugh is. Lamar Jackson is solely focused on winning, which is obvious because he's not focused on his contract. And I believe having a guy like that who purely wants to prove that he can win in this league with his style of play, with his level of play, is going to be huge for this team offensively all right so that's one vote for the ravens how about bart mm-hmm. scott he says saints listen environment matters and everybody wants to hate on james winston what he was and what he is and i know we laugh at him because he's a little quirky hungry for wins sucking his fingers and doing all that stuff but when you look at what he was able to do in that environment learning behind drew Brees how to take care of the football not no risky no bisky making sure that he understands that he has to he holds the team fate in his hands every time he touches the football if he's able to take care of the football a little better you talk about the the weapons that he has not only is james winston maybe potentially the comeback player of the year Maybe he may be hosting a Lombardi trophy. I like the if he's able to hang on to the football and not have turnovers. Well, if I have wheels, I'm a Ferrari. That doesn't mean that that's going to happen. So which one is more likely to you to win the Super Bowl or make it to the Super Bowl as a surprise, the Ravens or the Saints? 
Ooh, more likely, I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. You look at a guy like Lamar Jackson, before he got hurt, this team was first place in the AFC. And he did everything, and you just heard Ryan Clark mention it. They were decimated when it came to injuries and players being available. But you had a guy in Lamar Jackson who's won an MVP that kept this team afloat. Now, you're going to be getting a ton of guys back uh, from injury. You're going to be getting all your running backs back. You're going to be getting guys back from the secondary, defensive line, uh, on top of the people that you actually added. And I don't think there are too many teams that draft as well as the Baltimore Ravens. They find guys that fit their mold. And they do just. I think one of the, the, the most key additions that they added to their team was free agency Marcus Williams. Now you can play and then uh, they drafted Kyle Hamilton. So you can go three, four safety deep and play guys. You can put multiple DBs on the field. You have Mar- Marcus Peters is going to be coming back, uh, Marlon Humphrey. So I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. I kind of agree with you. I can ease. I mean, I think I've ne- – and again, now I've, I've been talking all this trash about Louisville. Let me say something nice about Louisville. I've never understood why Lamar – it still feels like to me the dude's been an MVP. He still doesn't get the respect he deserves, really. I mean, yeah. he still does. Now, there's there's this argument that, well, you can win with Lamar in the regular season, but in the playoffs they key in on him and it's cold and all this. I just don't buy that. If, if you can win in the regular season, you can win in the playoffs. There's nothing about their scheme that makes it not work. He's had two bad games. It happens. I think they have as good a chance as anybody. Now, the AFC is loaded. So if yeah. you're going to make a case for the Saints, you make the case based on the division. And you basically say the NFC is much easier than the AFC. And the Saints, you know, put Jameis aside. They got all you need at the rest of the positions. Like, they've got everything everything you want everywhere else. You but think you they just, don't? No, I think they, <laughs> you, I think they you, do. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, I'm just, just joking around. You look at this team defensively. Um, you think about a Cam Jordan who's been phenomenal, been consistent. You look, you think about a David Omenyata, Marcus Davenport. You go to the secondary. Now, I do believe one of the biggest things that they're going to miss is a guy named Malcolm Jenkins who has been phenomenal, uh, winning the Super Bowl in New Orleans and then going to the Philadelphia Eagles and being a staple on their defense and winning the Super Bowl with them. Uh, Marcus Williams from that safety position going to the Baltimore Ravens that we just talked about now, but they did get the Honey Badger. One of the most instinctive players, not yeah. just in the National Football, football League, but and when going he was in college. And going, going home. Going it's, back down to New Orleans, exactly to the state of Louisiana. So I think all of those make it to where that they, they have the pieces, but, but I get to the quarterback. You know, Joe Fortenbaugh, who I do shows with on Saturday, he has mm-hmm. the Saints in the Super Bowl. He has them picked to go to the Super Bowl, and I ask him why, and he does the same thing that Bart Scott just said. Well, if Jameis can hold on to the ball and not turn it over. But, Harry, he's never done that. He didn't do that in college. He didn't do that in Tampa. The little he's played in New Orleans, he didn't do it. Why do we think he's going to all of a sudden do it this year? Well, here's the difference. He's, he's had two years under Sean Payton's leadership. Right, he had an opportunity to be able to see. He played for a Drew pretty Brees. good quarterback coach down there in Tampa too. Yeah, I, I understand, but their philosophy was different. Their philosophy was pushing the football downfield, taking chances, and risking things. That was their philosophy. But a lot of people talk about the thirty interceptions, but let's talk about the five thousand yards and the thirty touch- great. touchdowns right. as well. But then you look at Jameis. So do you last think he's year. good enough? Just yes or no? Do you think he's good enough to be to to quarterback a Super Bowl team? I do believe that because okay. not. He, he, look at the weapons they put around him. You talk about Michael Thomas. You talk about Chris Olave. You talk about Jarvis Landry, um, Marquez Callaway, Adam Trotman at a tight end position. Then you have a dual threat in the backfield and Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara is one of the best yeah, dual threats amazing. coming out of the backfield. So he so, has the pieces. All right. So would you he pick him? Are it. you picking him? You said pick between the same. No, but I'm just asking, Ravens, would you pick him regularly? 
I picked the pick Ravens. A- okay. All right. An icon is retiring, but I'm going to tell you one person that makes Serena more unique than any other athlete. That's next on ESPN.